Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Unspooled Top 3 with, oh my goodness, Bruce Campbell. Uh, we are about to welcome Bruce Campbell into the studio right now. Paul is also coming in just a second. Um, but I wanted to say, when we invited Bruce Campbell, who is currently on tour with this event called Bruce-O-Rama, he's introducing his movies, he's playing game shows, he is taking the deserved center stage that he so has earned. When we asked him, what three movies are you going to pick? He picked three movies that have already been on the show. Two were on the original AFI list. One was one that we put forth later. We have not voted any of them into space, but he's going to be making the argument why we're wrong and why they should go into space after all. I don't think I'm going to tell him. I don't want to start a fight, but I want to just listen. I want to really listen to his points and open my heart and consider the fact that perhaps we are wrong. Because he's Bruce Campbell. We're probably wrong. Bruce. Bruce, it is an honor. Welcome to the unspooled studio of a sort. You are saluting. My goodness. Now I'm sitting up a little bit straighter. Hello. You should. You should. We should all sit up straighter. We hunch too much because we're all on too many Zoom sessions. I know. Over the computer. I'm going to be wearing a back brace for this entire interview, just so you know. Just to keep my posture at an all-time high. I'm going to do it in a beanbag chair because I'm a rebel. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We are obviously such... Huge fans of yours. And I can't be more excited about the idea of what you're doing right now. This tour seems like the best night out in a way because wow. you get to, yeah, you get to see a movie. You get to hang out with you. I mean, I feel that's, that's what people want. People think that you are a good hang, and this seems like a great hang every night. Yeah, well, back, back in the day when it was mostly uh, males were horror fans, you know, my wife would be like, hey, man, you know, you have fun on that tour. Yeah, you know, because the offers I get is the guy goes, "Hey, you want to smoke one in the parking lot?" You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's it. I don't get the keys or the panties or any of that sort of stuff. But what's nice, I have to say, is women are now part of the fan base. It was it was like ten percent before. Now it's almost half. I never thought of that. That you have really a front row seat to sort of the the expansion and kind of uh, front row seating of horror. It feels like in film culture right now. 
I like that front row seating. Well, for uh, April twenty first, let's from your lips to the movie God's ears uh, for the new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise, which uh, premiered at South by Southwest, and it seems like it's a giant hit. Everyone went bananas for the screening. It's been a while since I saw a crowd kind of uh, lose their shit like that, uh, and that's what you want. It, it, it comedy's the only other genre that makes people viscerally react and a horror movie yeah. you can get the big tough guy next to you launching his popcorn because he didn't see that one coming and then he hits his buddy you got scared no i didn't you got scared but what's nice the communal part is you look around you go oh my god this is terrifying oh wait oh we're all terrified i guess this is bad <laughs> i guess this is gonna be okay and you communally go through it with your little village you watch this movie with your village and you might not survive, you know? Well, that's it. I mean, and that's the thing that you're promising is that one person in every screening of the new Evil Dead movie will be killed. And you don't know who that's going to be. And that's, you know, look, it's uh, <laughs> go to a crowded theater. You have to protect yourself. There is a uh, disclaimer. Not everyone's going to make it out. I mean, that's the way it goes. Bruce, like Amy said, you have been in in the film game, in the horror game for such a long time. Like, what have you seen as the biggest difference? Is it just that it's maybe having a larger reach now that, like you said, like you're, you're getting male and female audiences or what, what are you experiencing kind of having this front row seat? Well, horror is way more mainstream now, you know, right. back in my day, you did pornos and then you graduated to horror <laughs> and then you went to cheese ball action and sci-fi movies. Then you went to television and then you got to the pinnacle, I guess would be boring drawing room comedies, something, <laughs> I don't know, or, or, a dramedy. Maybe is that the pinnacle of acting? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like maybe like something that feels like it could be an Academy Award yeah, type yeah. of film. Yeah, right. yeah, something where you're in a tweed suit and maybe Winston <laughs> Churchill shows up. Yeah, for a exactly. A little fireplace in the background with your cognac. But uh, <laughs> nowadays it's just a genre. And I, I give I give shows like The Walking Dead a lot of credit. Ten million viewers every week for ten years is gonna change the game because you know, first of all, audience members love seeing how the sausage is made, right? All right. the special effects. Oh, we had to put the thing in, we molded your arm and your head mold, and they just love that. And all the all the effects guys have video cameras bolt, you know, bolted on their heads now. They got the footage, you know, all day long. The movie's ninety minutes, the extras are seven right. hours. You oh, know? Yeah. So we all have seen this stuff now. It doesn't freak us out anymore. Decapitations, they're not as startling as they were because you go, oh, good work with that thing. Oh, a good digital this or good digital that. I don't know. It seems to make sense. People, they they just don't, it's not as horrible and mysterious. Like you wouldn't always tell your parents that you're going to go see a horror movie because they think it would it warp you. But I am curious, like for you though, because so much of that shift, I feel like, is attributed to, you know, Evil Dead, a lot of the movies that you made. And I'm curious, like when I see, you know, that camera move that I always think of as like the Evil Dead camera oh, move, you know, like the camera racing around yeah. the ground and like running around <laughs> yeah. in any film that's like borrowed it, ripped it off, paid it homage, whatever sure. you want to call it. I always feel that little thrill of identification, like, oh, there's the Evil Dead move. But you, do you feel like a thrill of like, yeah, ownership, look at my footprint and the culture? Well, we, look, we're, we are an influence like a bunch of other movies. You know, Herschel Gordon Lewis in the 60s was the first guy to like, chop off limbs and puddles of blood. And I mean, that was a lot. And then, you know, the original George Romero, Night of the Living Dead, that was that was a stunner. Handheld, gritty, black and white, 
uh, with a unique leading man. Of, I mean, the whole thing was from Mars, but they, meanwhile, they're disemboweling people. And I remember reading an article in, in the Reader's Digest going, what, what, they're ripping guts out of people? I mean, I just, the concept of it was so much. So we were influenced by that. We were influenced by Halloween. Uh, John Carpenter had the ability to lull you in, calm you, and then, you know, come at you. And the first people did is very much uh, like a failed melodrama. You have inexperienced right. actors saying kind of crappy dialogue. You're going to get some laughs. And some of the effects are a little cheese ball. You know, you see the green garden hose spewing the crap. You're going to have <laughs> some of that. But then Evil Dead 2 comes along, co-written by a guy who was a big Three Stooges fan, Scott Spiegel. Now we have what we call splat stick. You know, it's it's a combination of horror and comedy, which I have to say, it's a tricky dance. Not Not everyone can do it because... But what it does is it opens up the genre a little bit. It allows you to get into more, you can get more people seeing it because it's not quite so grim. There's a lot of grim horror out there where it's like there's yeah. not a wink, there's not nothing. No one's having, no one seems like they're even having any fun. No, this is the Academy Award horror that we talked about. Not Nothing bad about it, but we want that. We want the more scary yeah, horror. What about like, my I feel problems? Like, what about my problems? You know, in the yeah. old days, you just cut the head off with a shovel. Now it's you got to get into the <laughs> psychology of it. Torture porn was a bad phase. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, putting a guy's penis in a vice and, you know, poking it with a stick for half an hour. Yeah, to me, it, that's just not, it's not good filmmaking. It's, uh, but in it's, 3D, it's a little bit more interesting. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it still is limited by that. Yeah. It's kind of a creatively bankrupt concept because the skill of a filmmaker is to lure you in, hit you over the head, shake you up, keep you off kilter. And there, there are all kinds of tricks in the book. They should use everything. Sam Raimi loves to have quiet moments. Some of the good horror movies, after a big nightmare thing happened, like in Evil Dead, there will just be a minute and a half of Ash just slowly dragging his dead girlfriend across the floor, <laughs> you know, with a little beer can rolling. And that's all you hear is the wind and the dragging. And it's it's good filmmaking to have highs and lows. I think horror is like haircuts now. It's what uh, it's like whatever. Whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You yeah. can go and get a mullet. You can go get a Flat shave. top, whatever you yeah, want. What? Dreads, party in the back, you know, anything you want. Well, now, this is interesting, though, because in seeing what I've seen so far, the trailer for Evil Dead Rise, it looks to be scarier than what we are, or not than what we expect, but it definitely looks more like a film that is, that doesn't maybe have as many laughs, but also just looks like it has like a lot of, like, I was freaked out by that trailer. Yeah, well, you should be. It's a good trailer. It's a good trailer. Yeah. It's, uh, it's family going after family. It's moms trying to kill their little kid. Oh, you know, this is yeah. just the worst. This is a child's absolute worst nightmare. The mother that's supposed to protect them and guide them and keep them from the boogeyman is the boogeyman. It is scary as hell. But here's what's great about it. The audience, the first time we busted the lid off and something like horrible happened, right. the audience had two immediate reactions. The first one was, oh, followed by, yeah. <laughs> because they didn't know what kind of a movie they were going to get. And, you know, and Lee grew up as a fan of these Evil Dead movies. And you've said that, you know, no one should complain about 
hard working environments on sets because you've had it the worst. Did you think that Lee, did he put his cast through an intense shoot? Like not a, you know, not a bad director, I'm just saying, but did he put him through an intense shoot? Yeah. They're still talking to him, but just barely, you know. And when you get him liquored up a little bit, they'll tell him what they really think of him, you know. Um, these are all tough shoots, and the, there's only so much we could say to them uh, to allow them to get through this. You know, I always tell them, like, don't party a lot. Just, you know, right. pick your days. You have some fun. But this is work. You're here, you're here to work. Take care of yourself. Don't wear yourself out. And pace yeah. yourself. Because a lot of times when you play a monster – you go balls out and then you got nothing the next day and you've blown your voice and all that. Your skin needs to break too. So you really actually have to coordinate with production of like, okay, I've been in the soup for three days. This, <laughs> this ain't happening a fourth and a fifth day. You know, I need the weekend to put, you know, gobs of salve on my face. I make them do the, the, the uh, what I call the cotton ball test. When they take the makeup off at the end of the right. day. If a cotton ball sticks to my face, they're not they're not done yet. Because, it is, I because that found means my when pillow it, is going to stick to my face. I, I always feel that people love putting the stuff on you. They do not love taking the stuff off you. I have come home yeah. covered in yeah. gunk so many times. Well, it's the part it of is, the special yeah. effects manual that those guys don't read, I guess. It's yes. the last chapter of, oh, by the <laughs> way, you got to clean the actor up. And if it's yeah. a two-and-a-half-hour application, it's going to take about an hour to get it off. There's nothing sadder than watching everyone go home and you just sit in that trailer as someone with, you know, uh, alcohol is just rubbing down parts of your forehead. Simple, simple you, green sometimes they use. Yeah. Oh. And oh you get to God. listen to their music, which is... Right. While they're taking the crap off your face. Wow, wow. I'm like, can we, can we play like Carpenters or something, guys, when this is happening? Home isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair as you watch the world go by. Good afternoon. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Well, you know, Bruce, you have this career that spans more, obviously, than the Evil Dead films. You've been in so many great things, TV shows. I mean, I'm a personal fan uh, of uh, Briscoe County Junior, yeah, which I love. Great show. Burn Notice, you're fantastic on that. It's a fun uh, show, too. You, yeah, there's so many great things. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit today uh, about some of the things that you like, that you are a fan of. Obviously, you're going on tour. You're you're going to be doing, I think, a lot of Bruce-centric stuff. Like, you're going to be playing uh, a, a movie every night at, on your tour, right? Like you'll, yeah. But this is going to be a Bruce movie, right? So any yeah. any movie, or do you have a, a selection? Like, what can you call it on the fly? What, what do you do? I don't get to call those shots because it's up to the theater. Because they okay, don't got want, it. Like, if I, if I said, guys, let's show a double bill of Man with a Screaming Brain and Alien Apocalypse, I don't think anyone would show up for that. <laughs> You know, because it's, they're too obscure, they're too weird from the sci-fi right. channel. But I, I'd show it in a second because those are all the good stories are of, ma- of making two ridiculous movies in Bulgaria. It's all, it's nothing but <laughs> stories. The stories are better than the movies. You know, so yeah, hundred. But I don't I don't determine that. So it'll be like an Evil Dead or Bubba Hotep, Army of Darkness, you know, type deal. Now, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the movies that you uh, love. We always talk about the the three movies that you would blast into space if we had to save only three movies or yeah. your three favorite movies. Yeah. And we wanted to just go through. We've talked about, actually, a lot of the movies that you picked um, on this show at length. But I wanted to hear what they were from you and yeah. then talk a little bit about them. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first one is Bridge and the River Choir, Bridge Over the River Choir, whatever. Yeah. Uh, epic 70 millimeter David Lean movie. Uh, it's my favorite movie of of all time. Uh, not a digital shot in there. And when they blow up a bridge and put a train into the river, they blow up a bridge and put a train into the river. Yeah. A full size bridge, full size train. Everything about it is just it's the scope that you can't even do anymore. And if you did it, it would all have to be fake. The whole thing. And no, no, we're going to go to wherever they shot this thing. And William Holden's my favorite actor. It's hard for actors to just even get close to his kind of a screen persona of the kind of weary, yeah. good guy type deal. No one really got that like he did. And uh, this is a classic. They they grab him and they he, he'd been through this. He escaped from this camp and they come to him and go, Hey, good job escaping. You got to take us back. He's like, you know, spit this coffee out. <laughs> Every actor in there, you know, is like an Academy Award winning actor. Uh, they have a theme. You know, movies movies don't have scores now. They have soundtracks. So right. this, this was a score. And what's cool about the end sequence of the movie, this big climax, it cuts between like three different places. The train is coming. And you, it's a theme. You keep hearing it. It's getting closer and closer. You know that thing is going to blow. Meanwhile, custom, the men's dance hall, they're having a blast. You know, they're finally, they, they think they're going to get through this thing. And, and then, custom Alec Guinness, who built the bridge, he had his men build a proper bridge. He, you built the enemy a bridge, so he had this really false sense of duty and honor. Right. And he looks down and he sees this cable. He starts pulling it. Meanwhile, the train's going, chick, 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 and the dance hall's playing. And he's pulling it up, and you're going, dude, don't. Dude, you're on our team. What are you doing? What are you? And he's, this is the thing they're going to blow the bridge up with. Now William Holden sees it on the other side. He goes, 
oh shit, we kill that guy. You got to kill that. You got to kill our own guy. Kill him. So William Holden has to like you know put a knife in his teeth and race across the river and. And they start to see what's going on, and the, the thing is going, chuk, 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 chuk. It's just, to me, it just takes my breath away. And there's no music. There's no music in the final sequence. Composers now would be going insane with yeah, that score. Yeah. Like, the chain, ha, ba, 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 ba. But this was just, nope. And down by the river, it's kind of quiet. You just hear the river as Alec Guinness is pulling this cable up, you know? And you go, oh, oh, don't, don't. And it's just... I don't know. It hit all the buttons. But if you if you don't have three and a half hours to kill, don't watch it. And I recommend it. You go to some revival house. Just right. see it big. I saw it in 70 millimeter at my local theater when I was when we were kids. It was a reissue. But it was a brilliant print. And we just he watched the whole movie like that. The last lines of the movie. Madness. 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 I've I, it's hard to think of better last lines. It's pre- pretty good. And then they cut to the helicopter shot, pulling back, and you go, yeah, none of this shit is faked. None of it. None of it. It's just, a, it's, a, it's filmmaking on a huge scale. I'm not, I don't like every David Lean movie, but right. that to me, bam. I also imagine that in a way, when you're making stuff, because I, I feel like, again, we're talking back your, where you start your career, it's like, it is practical. It is real. Like there yeah, is something yeah. about it that that makes it a little bit more well, fun. And I here's imagine the difference like, yeah. between shooting a shotgun in 1979 versus 2018. So 1979, Ash, Ash is at the window in the cabin. Here's a noise, swings the shotgun over and blows the window out. So what do you do in 1979? You take a shotgun shell and you load it in there and you look out the window and you tell Tim, the camera guy, Tim, wave your arm. Because he's the camera's right. outside, right? Right. And you go, Tim, don't be there. Don't don't be there. <laughs> I mean, that's the safety protocol right. for the right. first evil dead. <laughs> don't be there, meaning turn the camera on and run. Right, right, right. Right? So you turn, blam, blow the window out. It looks spectacular. Who cares about glass or wind blowing back in my eyes? You know, you just shoot the window out. Fast forward now to Ash versus Evil Dead. And, you know, we're still having mishaps with firearms on film sets. So yeah. this is before the Alec Baldwin incident. I made an announcement. I said, I will not be firing anything with a propellant out of this right. gun for as long as we film this show. So it's going to be digital. And I'm going to go like this. And the guy's going to go, ready? And bang! And I, I pantomime, jerking it back. They put whatever color flash they want. Whatever right. size they want, blue with a little bit of red, whatever smoke you want. And we put a howitzer cannon sound for it. No one's getting hurt. I could wave that gun around on set all day right. long. No one's coming with the flashlight looking down the tube to show everybody. So on one hand, is a visceral shotgun better? Yeah, it looked kind of cool. But on the other hand, it looks just about as cool and completely safe. Now, I'll ask you this. Do you ever make the sound effect with your mouth? Because I think sometimes I've done that. When I punch people, I do. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot. Yeah. It's just, we can't help it. You can't help it. There's a lot of P-U-8. You know? All right, so Amy, what do we got next on our on our? Let's talk about your next one. This one kind of threw me for a loop. The Sound of Music. Yeah, Sound of Music, again, I saw it in my favorite theater, uh, 70 millimeter. 
I think it was probably, it had to have been a brand new print. And it was the kind of thing that you know you have the audience when they, they laugh, but then they get real quiet real quick because they don't want to miss anything. And what it is, is a great compelling story that would have worked without a shred of music. It's this family escaping and how they do it and overcome these crazy odds. They get helped by the nuns and she's a nun and she does, you know, she's got moral issues and this and that and she's falling in love with this captain. And, and then you add iconic music on top of it. And there's a sequence of the two young lovers dancing in a gazebo. I, I think I'm 15, 16 going on 17, something like that. Probably has the most stunning cinematography in a motion picture. Just, it just glowed. And the whole movie, uh, that first helicopter shot, the very first shot coming in there, she's on the fucking Alps, and da, 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 all the way in. Aha, the hills are alive. I mean, the wind probably blew her over like eight times from the helicopter, <laughs> you know, just to get. And these are big, clunky cameras. And you're trying to do a helicopter shot with something that weighs 250 pounds. I mean, good luck to stabilize that. Yeah. Oh, my I mean, God. I and then put it huge, too. Like, we're going to be so stable, we can even put this on widescreen. So just the technical aspects of that also are incredible. Christopher Plummer, one of my favorite actors, and Julie Andrews at her absolute killing it prime. I mean, you need to know that in this house, by this house meaning specifically my house, we are Team Baroness. I love the Baroness. Eleanor Parker's Baroness. That's oh, the yeah. one I would marry. Oh, I'm like, yeah. the nun's fine. Give oh, me the she Baroness. She tries to play ball with him one time. Oh, oh, pff, oh, it's all awkward. And <laughs> oh, oh, she doesn't really know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that woman can do everything else. I think we're also talking about these movies that have like the scope. It's a reason to go see it. It's big. It's real. It's like, and it brings you to a place that you've never really been before. And I think that that's what's yeah. so exciting. And still to this day, it just feels like it's opening up a world. And I think in certain respects, we are going smaller than that, you know, even with CGI, whatever. But it's like to to really have a spectacle of a movie is fun. It makes it it makes you feel like you're traveling around the world or it makes you just feel like yeah, not, you not get Yeah, not everything needs that, you know, and right, needs to be a big screen. But when you can get the big screen and you got the right project, it's what makes movies magic is the cliche. You know, it creates that cliche. All right, let's talk about your uh, your the last pick that you have. The Exorcist. Uh, to me, it functions on so many levels. Uh, Friedkin is at the absolute top of his game. Crazy, hard-nosed, tough director. Linda Blair, who I meet at conventions now, uh, she was a revelation for someone that young to bring that much of an intensity to a role. Dick yeah. Smith, you know, he was the makeup guy of the day, uh, groundbreaking dude. And... Ellen Burstyn plays the mother. And now normally you make a horror movie, you get Jamie Lee Curtis, maybe, or you right. get um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. You get someone who had a scream queen background. No, 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 no. They got the most serious actress on the planet to play the mother, like a well-regarded actress. And she's going, what the hell is wrong with my kid? And they're trying to find it out medically. You see these scanning scenes. It's really kind of with the horrible lighting. And they, they're like, what is wrong? There must be something clinically wrong with this child. And they hit the dead end. 
They, it, it's not that. They're wrong. They're all wrong. It's nothing. So they go, the, okay, let's go the exorcism route. Who do they pick? A guy who's doubting his faith. And to me, that they didn't get the uber flamethrower priest, you know, who comes in and he's worked in the catacombs for years, you know, getting all these demons. No, 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 this guy's not even sure if this is going to work. And with that scenario, I'm like, wow, what is this going to be like? You know, and he big ultimate self-sacrifice at the end. It's just try and beat that. Just try and beat that for atmosphere, for how clever it was written. You know, the priest is walking through the subway early on and this homeless guy goes, hey, can you spare a quarter for an old altar boy father? And you go, oh, that's kind of creepy. Way later in the movie, the possessed chick says it. Hey, father, can you spare a quarter for an old altar boy? I'm like, oh, the demon's too smart. Uh, that really just just stuck with me. It's such a no-nonsense horror movie. It's such an adult. It's an adult horror movie. It really is, and I think that you could also draw the line there to some of the more serious horror, the A24 horror, like that kind of grounded in something. But I will say, when Amy and I were talking about this a little bit, Linda Blair is so good in that movie as a child. And <laughs> yeah. I, and they were saying, like, yeah. you, I, I feel like there was a realism in that film that made her, I feel like people were afraid of casting her as almost, because you only could see her as this kid. Like, it was almost so disturbing and shocking at the time. Yeah, but it's I think it was, tough. Like, it's, it's hard, tough. Like, yeah. You know, there's some parts that just get ingrained. Yeah, and you can't shake it. It's yeah. a very weird, you know, it's like, and you don't know what that will be or why it will be, but it it seems like watching that again, we just watched it recently, it really is, um, I mean, everybody's giving an amazing performance, but that one in particular, it's like, you would be, I mean, it's a, there's something that you feel like, oh, I don't even want to see this person again because it's it, it rocked me to my core. In a well, way. what's nice is she leaned into it. It's one thing, yes. you know, for an actor to manage a performance, but it's another thing to then go, I'm going to make this mine too. Like, I'm going to yeah. really do this because it can be very intimidating working with big directors, big actors for a young actress and not her. <laughs> so... Uh, kudos to Friedkin, too, who probably had whatever method he needed to get her to go there. I'm curious about being an actor playing possessed. I mean, you two have had to act possessed, act against your own sure. possessed hand. Yeah. How how possessed? I, 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 like, can you be too possessed? What is What are the actor guidelines of being possessed? Can you, you gotta, take you it You got to hit far? your marks. You still got to hit your marks <laughs> and say your lines. So... Um, no, you still have to work within that framework, uh, but that's when you partner with the director. Like, you know, we have the mother character in this upcoming movie, you know, no big spoilers. Um, she goes south and she becomes a demon. And so an actor has to ask themselves, like, is a demon only talk like that all the time? Right, right, yeah. Or are they going, hey, I'm okay now. Boy, that was, whew, that was weird, wasn't it? Uh, hey, open the door, you know? Everything's everything's cool. Oh, boy, that was a real episode. I'm sorry that was so scary. You know, open yeah. up and I'll, we'll talk about it. Well, that, and that and that was what got me in the trailer. It was like that idea <laughs> of it being again a caretaker. It's not a stranger. It's not something weird. It's no, not across the street. No. It is. You know, it's somebody who's supposed to take care of you. And there is something. I mean, obviously, it's an urban environment now. There's there's a lot. Uh, it's so interesting. Well, I like the little kid is looking out through the peephole at her completely possessed yes. mother, and she goes, "You don't look so good, mom." <laughs> <laughs> and the effects feel to me very much like Evil Dead. They don't feel like they've tried to. You know, sometimes when you try to 
do these sequels and they become, you know, you know, 40 years later, things start to change. But I feel like it has that DNA of the original And film. that's, you know, kudos to Lee Cronin for keeping it in the sandbox. Our job as producers is to give them some basic guidelines of what can a demon do? What are their powers? How can you overcome them? How do you get rid of them? How do you kill them? Uh, to his credit, they shot an order. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's that's pretty rare. But if you can pull it off, the reason why it's good is everybody knows where you are. Yes, okay, exactly. Just had Especially a first for a movie big like that. Kill, here's the bloody hallway and go. You know, and then you do that sequence and you go, okay, you know, you're running to the elevator. Here's the elevator sequence, you know, and, right. and you just, the actors can go right with it. And you, you can actually help everybody chart where you should be at that moment. You know, how many times have they shot the end of the movie first? I can't even tell you. I just met the actor. Okay, now you're dying right. in my arms. Okay, here we go. Because you can only shoot at this wharf for the opening scene and the end scene. Because that's all you needed for it. So you shoot them both. First day of filming. You know, you don't know anything. Uh, but so this is good. I think it, I think it has the, the intended effect. I, I am curious, if you don't mind me asking. Were you raised religious? Do you believe in demons? I was, I was raised as a Christian scientist, so sort of a parallel religion, uh, Christian-based, Bible-based, but we didn't know. We actually did not play the heaven and hell thing because the, the, from the Christian science perspective, uh, God has to be in charge. And if God is in charge, then all this other stuff isn't real. It's, it's a mortal mind dancing their version of reality in, in front of you. But that's not the real reality. So we have a completely yeah. different fundamental, you know, I, I, I'm a citizen of the world now. I don't really practice anything other than my lines to get them right. But <laughs> I've always had in my in my entire life, I've had an image of mine that that if the devil is real, we're all screwed. We're all completely screwed because that meant God has failed. Right. So, so I mean, it's a weird premise that can you if God is omnipotent, then how the hell? I mean, as a kid, we used to hear there is no spot where God is not. You know, all the little the yeah, sixth, yeah, yeah. little sixth grade things come chiming back in your head. So that was our philosophy that anything that says it's a demon, well, you're lying. But I will say this, though. I was very happy playing the good guy. Ash, in all of this horror series, I'm hard pressed to point to another protagonist that is a good guy because he's been my favorite character because he's he's not he's the ultimate anti-hero. He's so not the guy to save the world. But I love the fact that in some ancient book, there's a picture of him. This guy from yeah. this crappy trailer park. This guy's gonna save the world, and that's what that's what I like. He doesn't call on Krypton. He doesn't have a bat suit. You know. And what cracks yeah. me up about those movies, if you dress up like a bat and fly around a city called Gotham, oh, my God, that's such a B movie. I know. All of these movies are B movies, and they don't even know it. Spider-Man, oh it's not even a B movie. It's a 1950s B movie because you get bitten by a radioactive spider. Oh, because in the 50s, that's, they were afraid of radiation. This is the thing. It's like, how can you make something silly become you know, something that actually has like this gravitas, even like the idea of like Star Wars, that title sounds so silly, but it has a cultural resonance now. It's like, you know, there are certain things and it's amazing that, you know, you get to a point where it could be treated very, very seriously or very, very silly. Oh yeah, and, our agent yeah. came up uh, with the name Evil Dead. 
It was called Book yeah. of the Dead, which is, you know, yeah. on the nose. The guy sees it. We screened it for him. He goes, you know what? Audiences are going to think they got to read for 90 minutes. Book of, <laughs> if you say Book of the Dead. He goes, <laughs> no, call it Evil Dead. And we're like, that's the dumbest name we've ever heard. He goes, just do it. It's easy to say. It'll translate well. Evil Dead. Oh, my God. I love it. And then here you are 40 <laughs> years later, a brand new movie that is still called Evil a, Dead. <laughs> still called Evil Dead, taking the franchise in a brand new direction. I hope there is more. You've done it all. Video games, you've done TV, movies, you've directed your own documentary, you have a game show. It's really amazing. Now you are on tour. People can find out everything they need to find out about this tour. Bruce O'Rama, if they want to get tickets. And I do uh, want to call attention to this uh, book that you've also wrote here, this political thriller that is out uh, right now, which seems also ripe for uh, a movie adaptation as well. Like you basically are... Uh, you are with the, uh, the the direct descendant of James Madison, right? I'm, and uh, I'll tell you my little my little cheeseball secret. It's a side hustle. Yeah. I started a publishing company, okay, called Eastmore Media, and I have a stack of scripts that will never get made. Movies are hard to make. Yeah, hard to get the funding. Five million here, three million there. It's not like you find crates full of money in the street. So a lot of these projects, they start aging. I'm too old for them now. A lot of them, a lot of them were written for me back in the heyday. I'm turning every single one into a book and I'm going to read every single one of them. Uh, and like, there's another one coming called Citizen Alex. Uh, we're going to do a, a full sound job to that one because that's kind of like got action, helicopters okay. and gunshots. So we're going to throw that in there. Uh, my mom wrote a couple Westerns before she died. One of them is a great old-timey Clint Eastwood Western, and we're going to do the clip-clop, clip-clop. Oh, the horse hooves and the guns echoing through the canyons. And, you know, I'll, I'll come in and I'll play the rancher or whatever, you know. And, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm going to publish every single one of them. I this well that this is a this is a, we're full of Bruce Campbell we're in the Bruce Campbell world at this point <laughs> yeah we got we could play the game we go see you live on your show we could read the That's book right. listen to the book and obviously see Evil Dead Rises Bruce this has been so fun chatting with you uh, congratulations on the the movie and I I I can't wait to see it I can't wait for you to see it because uh, I think you're going to be uh, diving under your seat there. Uh, I will. I will be. I do not uh, recommend this for everybody. And that's right. that. if that's enough to scare you, then you should see the movie. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.